What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hitters Only Podcast. Got a special guest uh, coming in today. Got Mrs. Haynes in the house. I'm uh, real excited to have her in. Um, just to talk a little shop about family stuff, about kids stuff. Having a kid, her college experience, and all the above. It was a good time. We had a, a good chat. I hope y'all enjoy it. It's just two people, you know, two married people talking about life and how it's gone for us so far. And it's gone well. And I love her to death. And she's the love of my life. And every moment of it has been very special together. And I have the utmost respect for her as a mother and as a wife and all the above. So I just wanted to say that real quick and hope y'all enjoy it you know it's just us talking about our story and giving a little insight on my life and her life and all that good stuff before i get into the episode i just want to get into a couple of uh sponsors here coming in at number one we got pate's bush hogan i'm sure y'all have heard me talk about this before uh if you need anything done on your land call mr pate call jeff pate he can do any kind of tractor work. He can drag your driveway to smooth that gravel out. As smooth as an old man's bald head. It'll look, it'll just be shining. There'll be no bumps, no waves in it. He can he can dress that thing up. Fall is, up, is upon us. And so is the rain season when winter hits. And these driveways, y'all, they wash. Man, they wash out bad. And you don't want to have your old lady driving down the driveway jarring her car around, spilling her coffee or her sweet tea. Get Jeff to come out there and fix that for you. And obviously, if you have any bush hogging needs, he'll take care of you. He is into pasture grooming. He'll get that thing looking good. I've seen a lot of his work. I've been driving down the highway before and seen some fields he's bush hogged. And he has good equipment, he has top-of-the-line stuff, and he does a really good job. And y'all give him a call, and that's Jeff Pate with Pate's Bush Hogging. And that is 615-962-5859. And uh, you can text him, call him, or whatever you want to do to get a hold of him. And he will take care of any of your bush hogging needs. Uh, next, I want to just do another shout-out to Wendy at knockout nails ladies if you want any nails for an event maybe you got a wedding coming up school just started maybe you want to look fresh dropping your kid off on the first day of school and you're going to have them nails draped over that steering wheel and you want them you want them to shine shine in the morning light you want that that drop off coordinator at the school out there to get have to put her sunglasses on because them nails are gleaming through the windshield. That's what we're looking for. So if you're into nails and um, she don't like calling them stick-ons, because, and I understand why, because they are 100% real nail polish, okay? And they're nice tack-ons. We'll call them tack-ons, Wendy. They're beautiful nails. She just gave me some more sample packs to give to my wife. My wife's wearing them out. At this point, I'm worried that she's going to start buying them like hotcakes. And that's what we want, folks. Wendy's got the good stuff. Hey, and if you want to check her products out, 
order anything you need you can do on her website and that is cluseknockoutnails.com and that's k-l-o-o-s knockoutnails.com so y'all get in there and uh give give uh wendy some love and some and some business and uh without further ado y'all i'm gonna get into the episode with the missus just had a good time you know i hope y'all enjoyed as much as i did and it was good to get her in here for the first time i'm sure we'll do a lot of podcasts together about a lot of different things She's an interesting woman, and uh, being being a mother is not the only spectacular thing she's ever done. She's a nurse and a lot of other things, a lot of other things. So, without further ado, Miss Haynes. You and I. Welcome to the Hitters Only Podcast, Caitlin. Caitlin, Caitlin, Pete Hayes. A lot of people have been giving me flack <clears throat> the last couple of weeks for the Stacy thing, so I'm catching a lot of heat for what I say on this. So I might have to be careful. But, anyways, I thought uh, it'd be fun to have you on talk a little bit about how we met and um, you going through nursing school and getting married, and uh, of course having our little Sonny. So yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. Um, so what do you, how would you describe to everyone how we met? Um, we met through a mutual friend at mm. the pool at my apartment complex. You had a glowing streak of green hair. And I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. Piercings <laughs> as far as the eye can see. No, that is false. I don't know. You were rocking the bar and the no- the bar in the ear and the nose ring, right? Yeah. But you were also 18, so... Yeah, um, you asked me about 20 questions, and I wasn't having it, and then we met again. Well, see, that was 2010? 11. Mm-mm. I think it was 2010. No. Yeah, it was probably 2011. 11. Okay. Wow, that makes it seem like not so long since we got married in 2015. It doesn't seem like that was that much time in between, but it it felt like it was. It was a lot of time in between. Yeah. I remember when I met you at the pool that day, I remember uh, pretty much I was like the last guy on earth that didn't have an iPhone. I still had a flip phone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know if you call it a flip phone. It was like the sliding ones where you slid it up and then there was like a keyboard right there and you just had to like type each individual letter. Mm-hmm. Remember T9? And you had that for a while. Yeah, I did. You had an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much everybody did. Because I remember, I remember like the girls you were with that day were kind of making fun of me for having a phone like that still. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shoot, my parents ain't paying for no iPhone. So. Well, when I graduated high school, my dad's uncle gave me a certain amount of money, and that bought my iPhone. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. You had nice stuff, though. Since you didn't play sports in high school, you had time to actually work, and you actually could buy, like, a nice TV and a surround sound system. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, we met at the pool several nights later, laying in bed watching Harry Potter on one of the very few college nights I wasn't out and about. And uh, you were at a MTSU football party, and you were with a, 
with our mutual friend and she called me to come pick y'all up and then I came and picked y'all up and you were very happy to get out of there. I think the I think I got your number that night and the the rest was history. So Yeah. But it was a lot of fun and I think the third time we hung out, I think I was actually at Gentleman Gyms in Murfreesboro playing in a cornhole tournament or playing corn I remember I was playing cornhole in the parking lot. And you texted me and you were like, Hey, do you want to come play volleyball in the pool tonight over at the point? Was yeah. that what it's called, the point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember I like just dipped out of the cornhole game, just left the bar, drove straight home, got a pair of swimming trunks on, and immediately went over there and met y'all. So that uh, was a more intimate setting. It was just me, you, and my roommate. So we actually got to yeah learn a lot about each other that night. There was some dude there that night that was playing volleyball with this that oh, Mike guy's friend. Yeah. I think Dink, you worked with this dude. He was the whitest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> I remember your roommate, Kendall, was like, well, you were like glowing in the moonlight. You're so white. Like, do you ever, wasn't his name Jacob? Yes. I forgot he was there. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of tattoos. And I remember yeah. him being like, oh, I just don't go out in the sun, man. It just messes with my tattoos. And he was super nice. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> I just so funny. <laughs> forgot about that. Oh. Anyways, we um started dating a few months after that and. Dated for a long time. What, four years before we got engaged? No. <clears throat> Three like years? Like two and a half years. And then we two were and a half years. engaged maybe like one and a half. Yeah, pull that a little closer. To you. Or a little under. Yeah. Okay. And then um, we got engaged out on Old Hickory Lake in Tennessee. And, uh, and the wedding planning began. And all this time, you were going through nursing school. Mm-hmm. So that was a definitely a deal, but I feel like I feel like we had so much fun when we were just dating. What was the? I remember because I wanted to go through some music that we used to listen to back then. So this would have been like 2011 through 2013, and I remember that um, that California King Bed by Rihanna. Remember that song? <laughs> yes. You used to stick. So back then you had that old white grand dam mm-hmm. and back then you had an actual tape recorder that you would stick into the tape recorder and then plug it into your iphone mm-hmm. and that i swear i don't think you had that much music on your phone but that i felt like that song played every time we were in your car mm-hmm. Ten miles apart. i'm like the world's worst of having music on my phone like i still don't even i have don't great understand why you don't you have free on music on i know your phone. i just Listen to the same thing over and over. Again. I like download t- like that's all the space on my phone is taken up because if I hear any song I like remotely like I instantly just download it. Mm-hmm. I guess you've that's even why. sent me like playlists to save on my phone. I still don't even click on them. Yeah, <laughs> dang. <laughs> so that's number one hitter of this episode is California King Bed by Rihanna, and another song that. I feel like we used to listen to is Young, Wild, and Free by Wiz Khalifa. Remember that song? No. Someone we get living young and wild oh, yeah. and free. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Mm-hmm. So Young, Wild, and Free by Wiz Khalifa. And then the third hitter I got a shout out because it was our first dance. Uh, Loves Me Like Jesus Does by Eric Church. That yeah. was our first dance song. So. Mm-hmm. 
those are the three hitters, people. California King Bed, uh, Loves Me Like Jesus Does, and Young, Wild, and Free. So, Kaylin picked them. We both picked them. That was the what was going on in our life at that point. Um, I was trying to find... I was trying to go back and find our play, our set list for the wedding. Oh. But I can't find it. You got it somewhere. So I have... A, it might be on this hard drive right here. I don't know. It could be. I have a wedding notebook, I feel like, somewhere. It's in there. And it's in there. I, I wrote them all down. Yeah. Like, by hand. But I may have given that paper to... We sat in your, your house one night and just wrote yeah, down Yeah, for songs. like hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think he played hardly any of them. Yeah, and that was, if anybody's interested in a good DJ, that was Jimmy Mansfield with Murfreesboro Recording. He was a, he was a good friend from high school, and he did the um, the DJing and MCing for our wedding, and he did, a, he did a really good job. He did really good. He was presented with some... Technical difficulties. Yeah, and he handled it really well. It rained. He had to move his whole setup like twice. So Jimmy Mansfield and that he's in Murfreesboro with Murfreesboro Recording. Y'all can check him out. Uh, he's on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. So he's a good one. Good friend from high school. Has been doing that stuff for a long time. So y'all check him out. And uh, so pretty much, I wanted to get into a little bit of um, your education because obviously you're a registered nurse and RN. Why early on, at what point in life did you decide that you wanted to pursue nursing as a career? Um, I think, like, growing up, I always played teacher. Like, I just always taught, like, fake, you know, pretend people, I guess, when you're a kid. But Mm -hmm. um, at some point, I stopped doing that, and I kept telling my mom I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be, like, a pediatrician. That would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she kind of, like took me down a scope, you know, because it cost a lot of money to go to that kind of school and, and be, you know, doctors and, and that kind of thing. But yeah. she kind of, like, toned it down a little bit and was like, what about a nurse? Or, you know, and my, my dad's mom had some medical experience. I don't know if she was, like, a CNA or, you know, just, like, a health tech or, or what her whole background was, but she had a little bit of medical experience and. I don't know. I just, once I got into school, I really liked science. I was really good at science. And then in high school, they had a health, um, a health science program. And the teacher that like led that program, which was like anatomy and physiology and medical terminology, like, you know, little classes to prepare you for like, a, I don't know, part of college, like maybe like a 10th of what college might be like, but um, she was a registered nurse and she had left the floor to go be an educator and to teach, you know, to start this health science program at Oakland. And I don't know, I just really looked up to her and she set me up with clinicals in high school and I got to leave. I got to leave every day early and I went and followed an OBGYN and I, don't, I always said I would go be a labor and delivery nurse. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to make decent money I mean good money my parents had always instilled in me like go be somebody you know make make money make enough money you know don't I mean be happy too but don't find some job that you know you're gonna make I'm not saying you know 20,000 isn't enough but you know to be able to support yourself they wanted us to me and Chrissy to be able to support ourselves right and so I knew nurses make good you know registered nurses make good money and I chose to go 
to Motlow out of high school because they had an associate degree program and Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a nurse quick. I wanted to make money quick because I wanted to live on my own. I didn't want to rely on anybody. I was very independent. Um, So Motlow's program was three, it was three years. And if I chose MTSU, it would have been four and a half years to be a registered nurse. So Mm -hmm. I chose to go become a nurse in three years. And then once I started working on the floor, I went back to. And that's not an associate's right. That's a. Well, you so I still got my RN licensure. But so it's the same thing. It was just under an associate's degree, hmm. and then you know. It's odd. Once I started working, yeah, you can get your RN license through an associate or a bachelor's. It doesn't matter. That's good information. Because now you can, anybody in Tennessee gets two free years right. of college, right? At a community mm-hmm. college, so you can almost get your RN's license for free, almost. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, if you get two free years in nursing school, if you get in. I don't know if that's nursing what's, what's school. What's the getting in part like? Um, Do you have to qualify to get yeah, in? Yeah, you have to take a test. Man, I forget the name of that test. How could I ever forget? Oh, uh, I forget the name of that test. But you have to score high enough on that test. And then um, I think MTSU does, like, an interview process. Motlow didn't do an interview process. Mm-hmm. I think Motlow just did the test and then maybe your GPA and, like, looked at you and selected you I think back then I was always too kind of scared like well I get into MTSU's nursing program you know it's probably more competitive or mm-hmm. you know things like that but at the end of the day it was that I wanted to be a nurse very fast I wanted to have money mm-hmm. very quickly um and in the meantime I worked as a CNA for I don't know what the whole three years probably mm-hmm. when Pretty I met much. you yep. shortly mm-hmm. after I met you I got my CNA mm-hmm. um license and then I did that all throughout nursing school um but once I were once I went to work on the floor you know and accepted an RN position um shortly after that I moved over to the VA and worked as an RN on their medical acute care floor and while I did that I went back to school at online at University of Tennessee at Chattanooga and got my bachelor's so yeah now I have a bachelor's almost forget that because i feel like you i just, think everybody you just <laughs> well you that. did it so fast yeah and i kind of just did it under the radar like i worked night shift so i really didn't have a life i wasn't hanging out with people and talking yeah. you know um i didn't go to to utc and walk you know i didn't they sent me my yeah you know degree or diploma or whatever i almost went there and you actually did so i <laughs> I, f- I feel like though like the you getting your bachelor's taking care of was a lot easier than getting your initial oh yeah license yeah and I think that I knew I think that I knew that like eventually I I always had the goal like I'm always gonna go get my bachelor's like I didn't want you know to like lessen myself because I had an associate degree and if you have it so that's not meaning you're less than but my ultimate goal I love education Mm -hmm. and I probably should go back now and seek a master's but I just yeah. haven't, haven't yeah, done that, but yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying because I know it's a lot more money. Cause, um, so when you get your master's, you automatically move into the practitioner thing? No. I mean, you can, really? choo- you can choose to go to school to be a nurse practitioner. Oh, see, I thought that that's basically what a nurse practitioner was, was a... They, an RN with their with their master's they degree. They do have a master's degree, but it's in nurse practitioner. Oh, Okay. You can get back to school and get Well, your you might as well in. do that, right? I don't ever want to be a nurse practitioner. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> huh. So, you took nursing school pretty seriously. I mean, I'm sure you saw a lot of people come and go out of your program. 
mm-hmm. you know, coming in, dropping out for whatever reason. But I remember they took it pretty serious at Motlow. Like, I don't even think you could really hold much of a job while you were doing that. Yeah. I feel like they pretty much picked what your schedule was, didn't they? Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't get to choose, like, your hours that you went to class or anything. Like, it was mm-hmm. all chosen for you. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember you studying a lot. We pretty much made the decision that we weren't even going to get engaged or anything like that until it seemed to be like what the focus was you know yeah I mean my priority was my career yeah and I went from 4.0 in high school being valedictorian to in nursing school just praying to make a B or I mean I think I made a C on my psych test and that was probably my lowest grade but like I went from A's all the time to like barely getting B's and it was just a very humbling experience and like doing um I forget what they call them now but like clinical checkoffs or whatever we have to go in and do you know like a skills practice in front of somebody like I would have to go back sometimes like two times three times and you can get kicked out you Mm -hmm. know if you if you can't get by you know on like the third time or fourth time or whatever and so it was just very humbling experience going from being you know really really good at school to like just to be feeling clear. like I was somewhat me. Yeah. Just to be clear, everybody, I never let her put an IV in me no. for practice. No, but, but my mom did. Kudos yeah. to. Well, <laughs> that's good. That's good. She did. It's not happening for this brother. What was that one class? I feel like there was one class that I can never remember the name of. Everybody like shortens the name. It was some kind of biology class or something. I had to take micro biology. Micro. Mm-hmm. That. I used to date a girl a long time ago that took that. That class was a nightmare, and I remember you were. So I actually took that in the summer because I didn't want to. I didn't want to put it in with my um, like nursing classes. Like I just didn't want too much on my plate. Yeah, it seemed like it was tough. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, <laughs> you were obviously successful. Went up to Tullahoma, graduated, had a good nice graduation ceremony and yeah that was fun i used i still have your uh i had your uh, nursing graduation picture in the on the dash of my truck for a long time that's my pinning picture yeah i love that picture <laughs> i actually put it in the safe because now i uh i got pictures of you and sunny in the uh in the dash but so went on immediately to work for a nursing home mm-hmm. long-term care and then went over and started working for the uh the VA, and how many years did you work on the floor? Um, maybe six on really? nights. Six years? Uh, don't ask me to do math. I don't know. No. I don't remember. I, I forget mean, how long we've been It married. was a long time. Yeah. A long time. Maybe five years, six years. Night shift is a whole other, but taking care of veterans, either right. way. Right. So, yeah, I just kind of, I had a couple questions, like, you know, I think, I think, being a nurse is a hard job and I I think I don't think that most people realize probably how hard that job is Uh, just seeing you come in and going and you know the long the 12-hour shifts and you had a unique situation because it wasn't just like three 12s you actually had to work 40 hours so you would do what three 12s and then a eight Mm -hmm. so that was a lot and night shift and I felt like you just came home and you were always good about even though I'm your husband you were still always good about 
like uh what is it called like HIPAA laws you know uh, yeah, not we, talking about yeah. you know who's who or what but you, know, you would share stories and I feel like a common trend you were you always kind of acted like you know nurses female nurses get like hit on like not hit on but like physically like mm-hmm. beat on like mm-hmm. a lot more than what you would think mm-hmm. so do you think that like like how much rights do nurses have as far as like being able to defend themselves like actually on the floor? Oh, it's very little. No. I mean, like a like a um like a violent emergency like that, like if a patient is hitting you or just becoming like verbally aggressive or you know, they're disrupting other patients or something mm-hmm. like that, like that would be called a code purple. And those were called all the time and cops would come and they would just stand there. Like, because they couldn't physically intervene. So no one can do anything? Yeah, I mean, I If get, the nurses can't do anything. If you're getting hit, I mean, of course, I think that they could intervene at that point. But, like, it's the nurse's job to, like, de-escalate the patient, right? Or figure out a medication or, you mm-hmm. know, the doctor to order a certain med that you can inject, you know, something like that. But Did you notice that it was usually people that were going through something mentally? Well, we had a lot. So or the, substance the, abuse? Yeah, the floor was a a medical I wouldn't say surgical because they don't really do surgeries there anymore but just a medical floor it wasn't a psych a med psych floor yeah but we had a lot of psych patients just because there's not enough room I mean mm-hmm. mental health care there's just not enough um not enough facilities not enough beds there's we all just short-staffed not a lot too we were short-staffed every day, every shift. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's at every hospital. We had patients come in detoxing, you know, from alcohol, drugs, anything you can yeah. think of. And then, you know, dementia patients that they don't know where they are. And, you know, they're veterans and they have PTSD. And, you know, it's just a mixture of everything. And then you had patients that were actually, you know, really acutely sick. And mm-hmm. so you're just balancing um, all of that out. But, yeah, we were all the time cussed at, hit at. And that's not to just, you know, put down a veteran. I mean, that's any patients. That's any inpatient floor. I mean, it's not just yeah. veterans that are doing it. You know, it's happening everywhere in every hospital. Yeah. It used to make me mad. I'd come home sometimes and be like, you know, some guy, like, you know, swung at me or something. As your husband, it would, like, piss me <laughs> off because I'd be like, you know, it's one of those things where you, like, it's a weird gray area, I feel like, because you're, like, at work. Right. And you can't. I don't. I just didn't feel like, I feel like nurses should get sent through some kind of like self-defense class or something. So we do have what's called like a PMDB class and it like shows you how to, like if you have to do a physical, like I guess it's called a takedown, I'm not sure. Like if you have to de-escalate like physically, it's Mm -hmm. a team of like four people and you are trained in how to do that per the VA policy or standard or whatever. But um. Yeah, when I chose to be a nurse, I mean, I didn't ever think that that would be part of it or, you know, some side of some sides of that. Of course, you're supposed to help those people. I mean, they're not in their right mind, and so you can't fault them for some of them. I mean, some of them knew what they were doing, but, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you can't fault them for that. I mean, you, when you go to nursing school, you sign up to help, help somebody, and ultimately you, you try to do that. But time and time again, you're just getting worn down and worn down and beat down, and it's just... Yeah. It gets very... And you're short-staffed. Yeah, you and get very burned out. There's not um, a whole lot of male nurses usually. Right. Mm-hmm. Which that would help with situations like that, mm-hmm. depending on if, you know, who that guy is. But Yeah. 
I mean, short staffing was like one of my biggest complaints. Yeah, because I'm huge on safety. And, like, at the end of the day, like, we have a license. Like, I have a license to uphold. Like, I defend my license. And, like, when a manager comes through and pulls staff off your floor, you're leaving, like, you know, that's less people to help take care of these patients. So the ratios go up. And then if you have a patient just go down in the middle of the night and you don't have the staff to support you, then at the end of the day, like, that's on you. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have a license to protect. And, like, not only that, but, like, you have a patient that deserves your full care and attention. Like, yeah. so, I mean, I was always just really, really big on that. Like, that bothered me so yeah. bad. So what do you – so you worked on the floor for a long time, and since you moved into um, a telehealth program that you really enjoy, you get to talk to veterans on the phone, make sure they're okay, check vitals. I'm sure they send you information, right, mm-hmm. that yeah. you review every day, mm-hmm. and then you talk to them on the phone. What do you do? Just give them health advice and try to keep track of how they're doing? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of education, so we're trying to prevent, you know, patients from going into the hospital or presenting at an ER you know like I bet that I has to work it does because yeah. there's things that like Our I've program. told you before like mm-hmm. some of my health problems in the past <laughs> have been from not being educated right like I didn't know until I was 31 or 30 that too much sodium is bad for you I didn't know that mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds stupid I mean you just don't really if you've never been like taught that you don't know mm-hmm. and i'm sure people go into their 50s not knowing like really what a healthy diet is maybe not what uh you know like should i be checking my blood pressure every day if i have a family history of stuff like this and right. cholesterol and you know i'm sure you tell people like you know don't drink too much sugar if you have a diabetic patient and stuff like that right. but so i think that i like the telehealth thing did that I saw, I read, uh, I was on the Cleveland Clinic earlier today looking at some statistics. Cause I of got course some nursing. You, of course you are. Well, I got some nursing <laughs> statistics that I was going to share with you here in oh. a minute. Yeah, some good stuff. And I even got, I even got sources if you might want to check me on it. But I always want you to give me the source. <laughs> I know. Everybody, every time I send her something, she's like, what's your sources? And I'm uh-huh. like, God instagram i don't know <laughs> i don't have sources i'll have to go back and cite studies and all this so <laughs> it's like arguing with a stranger on facebook you're just sending them links i forgot what i was talking about no okay so <clears throat> telehealth i feel like it really jumped up probably during the pandemic and became a bigger thing because <clears throat> i've i read earlier that there's 40 percent more telehealth programs after 2020 than there has been in the past like 10 years that's great that have stuck around that like continued on Mm -hmm. like because there was like a big jump of them you know initially Mm -hmm. and then like 40 percent of those have stuck around to be like a permanent you know line of care yeah that's great so that's good for you and that's good for Mm -hmm. everybody i like it shoot when i had a pink eye or something yeah, you hopped on a like a yeah. telephone call or video visit. A video visit right. with some lady she at a you uh, in something. at a walk-in clinic. Yeah, she mm-hmm. called me in something. I, I I was I'm all about that. Right. That's great. I mean, obviously there's limits to that. You're not going to be able to, you know, get treated for everything. But um, 
so anyways you're enjoying uh that and that's been that's been good for us as a family and just to be present at home not not working on the floor at night shift is what i'm trying to say you're not working night shift so that's been very helpful to our family and i think you're enjoying it i think there's a certain amount of stress that so shout out to all the all them floor nurses yes and ladies and gentlemen they're working in clinics and all over the place but very very hard if you had to guess and i got all this from www.usa.edu dot org yeah okay (laughs) yeah 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 dot org (laughs) what is the average age for a registered nurse right now if you had to guess like to become one or just no currently in the field um, what's the average age of a registered nurse uh 30 52 oh yeah this is where this yeah this is going so more than one fifth of all re nurse of all nurses plan to retire within the next five years. Wow! So there is about to be a major drop off in nursing, mm-hmm. and there already was a huge drop off, you know, in the past two years because of everything that's mm-hmm. going on. But I guess a lot of uh, nurses have left being nurses, just like teachers have left being teachers. I mean, you think a lot of that had to do with the um, the vaccine? Oh, I don't know about vaccine. I mean, pandemic. I mean, just there in was general. some. There was a lot of nurses that refused to get the vaccine. Right. They and, quit. Yeah. I'm sure they've come back. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I just think you know, pandemic was hard on the so, profession, just like it was teaching. There's actually a nursing shortage right now, and it says the nursing shortage is due in part to the rapid 73% increase of the 65 plus population which grew from 41 million in 2011 to 71 million in 2019. Wow. So. I mean, there was a nursing shortage when I was in nursing school. When is there not a nursing shortage? Well, it's getting way worse. So there's 71 million 65 plus age people. In the U.S. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's... uh, it's the baby boomer generation that I would assume. There's going to be a huge, like, gap in the workforce when when that generation, like our parents' generation, mm-hmm. retires, which they're very close to that. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a huge gap in the workforce. Because I feel like when we were in, so I wanted to, ta- I thought about this earlier, and I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you're going to college, this is my only advice that I give people about going to college and this might this advice might be useless in another 15 years I don't know I would go to college with a clear career path coming out of college so example <clears throat> you went to college to be a nurse right and through that you get your you become a, a registered nurse with a license that's pretty much the job you can get with that. I mean, I'm sure you could get any random job, but that is what your degree is for. And you can work a lot of different jobs in that field, but it's pretty direct. You know what I mean? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me, like I have a criminal justice degree and I couldn't even find, 
when I graduated, I could not find a job. Mm-hmm. I applied. I can't tell you how, because I made my mind up when I graduated. I want to be a park ranger. I can't tell you how many times I applied for a job to be a park ranger and never even got a call. And I made my mind up. I was like, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to keep applying and trying to find that until until it happens. I don't care and how. have you still not gotten a call? No. <laughs> I quit applying for them jobs <laughs> eight years ago, but never got a call. I never even got a call for, I probably applied for six or seven different police departments. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get a job with the police department. I know. I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice with a focus in law enforcement and a minor in sociology. And I never even got an interview to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. Because every every time they wanted you to either be in the military with military experience or they wanted you to have experience in the field mm-hmm. or they wanted you to have already gone through the police academy. And I ref- I was like, no, I went to college. I got my, de- my degree and all that. I'm not paying to put myself through the police academy. Like the police department can pay for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. And I knew, I knew a lot of guys that ended up going and paying to put themselves through the academy just so they could get a job. I worked at a guy at my college I worked with a guy at my college job that he had to put himself through the academy to end up getting hired in Wilson County like there was no jobs like I barely got a job being a correctional officer yeah I kind of felt the same way like I came out of nursing school and like everybody had always told me oh you'll get hired immediately you'll get Mm -hmm. hired immediately and then I just I put an application in everywhere and then just wasn't really hearing back. And so I accepted the job, you know, in the rehab facility of where I was a CNA at, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just because it was easy. And then I went to the career fair for the VA and, you know, they hired me on the spot. And so I just quickly went over there and I, you know, haven't left, but. Yeah, I was at a, um, I was at a cookout one time uh, with a coworker about five years ago and um, there was another guy there this superintendent for another uh, golf course was at the cookout and uh, he was talking to me and I said he goes yeah did you go to did you go to college and I said yeah I said yeah I got my um, degree in criminal justice and he goes oh okay so you wanted to work at Nissan <laughs> I was like I mean you're right yeah it's there's nothing and if you don't want to work like for a law enforcement department, like, that degree is useless. I feel like, like, though, like, you in high school, and I don't know, I didn't know you in high school, and I don't know you from high school, but, like, you were the football player, and so maybe that was just your only focus, and you weren't really, like... Oh, I didn't think about it at all. Exactly. And, like, for me, it really shifted. Like, in high school, I had already known, like, I will go be a registered nurse. Like, there yeah. is no other plan for me. Yeah. And so I knew that like freshman, sophomore year and like you're just yeah. not to say you're just playing football, but like at oh, that age you need to be thinking like where are you going career wise? Like no. no one thinks about that. Not to say that like you That's missed. good you did. <laughs> no one I I mean But high school has programs or well, Oakland High School had programs that would kinda like lead you into where like you know, they had shop or they had mm. concrete something or 
Yeah. You know, they had the whole health science thing. I think they may have even had like something for teach if you wanted to go into teaching. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get off on a tangent about myself because <laughs> this podcast is supposed to be about you. But I will say this: like you said, um, we had a. It's all right. Our uh, very bipolar cat just walked in the shop. Our so geriatric cat. Yeah, you might, y'all might hear a couple of little <laughs> Lion King screams going on in here. But uh, like you said, you had a teacher in high school that um, motivated you to get into nursing. Well, I took an elective criminal justice class in high school, oh. and it was a softball teacher, and she used to be like a formal, like a cop and all that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but I loved that class. So I was like, and I thought it was so interesting because I was good at history and criminal justice is kind of like history. You know, you learn about laws and like how things work and, uh, you know, court cases of the past and how that relates to the future and the court system. So I thought it was very interesting. So when me and my mom sat down and were looking through the book of majors that I could major in at MTSU, um, I saw criminal justice and my brother, my my middle brother was already in college majoring in criminal justice and it also had the least amount of math yes so that's pretty much why i penciled that one in i wanted to change my major but i noticed something like immediately when i got into college that like all the people that were like juniors and seniors they were graduating with like way more credit hours than what they needed and it's because they would all say the same thing, like, oh, I changed my major two or three times. Mm-hmm. So I've been in college for like five and a half years because I kept changing my major. And I just told myself, like, I was like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do this. This is what I came to do. And I, I graduated on the dot with how many hours I needed to graduate. I didn't have one extra hour. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm, I'm not discrediting, like, what you chose because you are I watched you in college you were so good at law and like studying that and like oh I like it. I still like you it you are so good at it it's just I don't know if you're meant to be a police officer or if you're meant yeah. you know to be whatever and if you could go teach mm-hmm. criminal justice I think that you would thrive oh I'd love it I'd love yeah, to teach so it yeah so it's just it's one of the it's thrive. one of those things to where you know you play sports in high school and you don't, you just don't think about, you just don't think that much about, you know, your career path afterwards. And, but I think, I think all the knowledge you gain is still very useful. There's no, and I was blessed that I don't, you know, I was in the situation where I didn't have to have any student loans or anything like that. Like there's nothing wrong with furthering your education. So in high school, I was only allowed to, my electives had to be football because we worked out in six period every day. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I couldn't be an ag. Right. And I think that if I would have done like ag in high school or something, I think I would have ended up on a different career uh, path. 100%. Yeah. Cause I mean, I do all that stuff now. Yeah. And but you'd be so good at it. I mean, anyways, you're good at everything that you do. I eh. mean. Anyways, I don't want to <laughs> get off on the, too much but anyways we went over our nursing statistics um last one registered nurses experienced more workplace injuries than construction workers in 2019 i believe it that's when a study was done yeah i mean thankfully i was never injured yeah but you know several nurses on the floor that's pretty wild i watched i mean 
I don't know. I don't know if there's more nurses or construction workers. That's a good question. That is a good question to compare. I bet it's about equal. That may not be, you know. Wouldn't good... you imagine there's more construction workers? I would, I would say probably equal or more. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think that there was less construction. But, yeah, that's really sad. And so. there just needs to be better support. Well, we'll get there. Anyways, kind of move on here. I wanted to um, talk about the most important thing having a kid but before you know we got we got married in 2015 had a beautiful wedding it poured down rain it was good luck so i just kind of before we get into having sunny i just wanted to talk a little bit about um the married life with no kids and how much value that i think that brought to us as well and how much fun we had we went on a lot of cool trips and so what was your, what was one, like, what was one of your favorite things about just being married for mm, six, seven years before we had a kid? I just, I don't know. I've loved every minute of being married to you. It's just, I think that you've taught me a lot in life. Like I kind of met you at a time where I was kind of broken, you know, as well as trying to like figure out my next steps in life and I've always just kind of moved forward and you've you've taught me a lot like you are a very simple person and you've taught me how to like simplify and just be happy like with what you have in the moment and I feel like me and you just live just so easy like we're just so easy together like it just flows it's just so natural like Mm -hmm. and so all those years you know before Sunny it just it's just life. It's just everyday life. Like there's nothing to complain about. Like so happy. Not that we're not happy now, you know, but like I found my best friend in you. Like I found my, you know, partner and, you know, and my husband and first and foremost, I mean, my most important role, you know, is to be your wife. And it's just, I don't know. Life was, it's just before, I mean, before Sunny, it, I, we've sat and talked about it you know here recently like what was life before Sunny? like now we don't what were we doing <laughs> now we don't really remember and maybe i was you know wasting a lot of my time but a lot of my time was spent opposite of your time uh, no, no no i don't think we wasted any time we were very busy yeah and and we som- got a lot done sometimes i feel that way you know but a lot of my time was spent opposite of your time because i was on night shift or you know i was sleeping when you were awake or i was working weekends when you were all right i'm just out, gonna say I don't know if I've ever told you this. So. Yeah. So the first, what, four years you worked night shift, always worked first shift. Right. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this. This is what people, guy, other guys would tell me. They were like, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> they were like, you get to hang out. Because you only worked, like, most of the time three days a week. So, yeah. you know, we still spent, like, a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. But I got, like, a solid three evenings a week like 100 yeah. percent to mm-hmm. myself and it mm-hmm. you know i'm not i'm not gonna say i had a bad time <laughs> uh, i mean it was nice just you know being married i knew you were you know it's not like you were out running around you were safe you were at work mm-hmm. and you know i was home it was always just during the week it wasn't on the weekends and for the most part and sometimes it was nice just like you know, having the house to yourself to work on stuff or mm-hmm. sometimes just to watch TV or, uh, so that was, 
you know, I missed you most of the time, but it, it was definitely like a, it, it, it let me hang out with a lot of my friends and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so. that's great. I mean, at that age, it you know, fun. it's really vital and important. Yeah. We, we, just me to be clear, I wanted you, you off night shift from the beginning. Yes, so you did. And I'm you not asked, saying that I didn't like you being home. You asked all the time, but me and you were, we like to be surrounded by people and family yeah. and you especially. I think that you rubbed that off on me because I feel like I am okay in solitude and I like my time alone and, but you, you know, mm-hmm. we surround ourselves a lot with friends, and friends have become family to us just because of, you know, the life that we've created and how yeah. we prioritize that. But yeah. married life with you has been great. Even with Sunny, it's great. It's just harder to, to try to navigate, you know, how. Um, I don't, anybody out there that is expecting a kid or you think you might have, if you're blessed with being able to have kids in the future and you're married, enjoy your time. Yes, yeah. Because you have no idea how much just free time you have. Right. And like I said, I think we did, I think we were very responsible with our time as, um, is single parents a term? No, that's not a term. Okay. That's, I'm looking for their own thing. There are single parents. Kidless, kidless, kidless couples, that's what you call it. I don't know what I was trying to say. Kidless <laughs> couples. We were a kidless married couple. Yeah. And you don't realize how much extra time you have to watch TV, just to get things done. If you got projects you want to do or just, you know, things in life you want to get done. And that's another thing. Like now I feel like if I watch TV, I'm wasting time. Yeah. Me like too. before Sunny, I watched so much. Not that I was just watching TV all the time, but like yeah. that just feels like a waste of time now. Yeah, that's why I started this podcast. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. When she goes to bed at seven o'clock, I don't really care to just like try to watch TV. How am I going to better myself from a TV show? Yeah, I just. And I'm not. I'm not hating on anybody that watches TV no. in the evenings. I like to relax it's and nice wind to down. Wind down. Yeah. yeah. But. You know, it's you not. You can like, do it in too much. You can do yeah. it in excess. It's not like I'm yeah. podcasting every night, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I just. I don't know. I was like, I need something, you know, more productive to do. Because I think it's like you just go, 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 go. And sometimes it's hard to kind of turn it off, which it's probably good to. But, um, yeah. Like in in our marriage, too, I don't just want to gloss over the fact, like, yeah, it's beautiful and it's been great. But, I mean, there have also been hard moments and you have yeah. to navigate that. And that's how you learn and that's how you grow. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it seemed like every year after, like, two or three years of being married, we would kind of revisit, like, hey, should we have kids? You'd be like, I'm having a lot of fun. Like, <laughs> this is really fun. Like, I You'd don't know. You'd be like, well, we're going to Jamaica in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I knew me and you had a real, I just, we had a really good thing going. Not to say that a child would ruin that, but it definitely makes it harder. And I just, you know, I just really just wanted to soak, like selfishly, I just wanted to soak up my time with you. Like, oh, we did. And then even I got off nights, what, a year or two years before having Sunny? I Mm -hmm. I don't know. So even then, like, I just had so much more time with you. And I just wanted. Yeah. You know, that was nice to have that, just us. and Because, um, yeah. you know, now it's kind of limited <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the one-on-one time. But Well, 
We're busy. In we the get day, a lot of in evenings. The date nights. We were very intentional in college. Remember, like, every Thursday or every Wednesday, we would do a date night. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. great. I recommend that. I was sure. telling um, a buddy at work, he's he's single, and I was I was talking to him about hunting, hunting for ladies the other day. <laughs> and uh, I told him, I said, man, because he's taking he's taking a couple – couple gals on some dates lately and he's talking about how it's kind of getting in his wallet and i said dude when i was dating my wife one night she wanted to go to uh what was it friday's what's that restaurant it's not tgi i hate tgi oh yeah it was tgi friday's no yeah when it was over by the mall in the parking lot i do not like that place well that's where we went so we went there and you ordered whatever and i got like the house soup of the night. Oh, you like, had no money. Like potato soup. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take. And you, you knew took me. me there because you had no money. Well, you knew me, and you were probably like instantly like, why is he ordering potato soup for dinner in the summer? <laughs> and uh, I think I told you I was like, I'm. I pretty much have like thirty bucks, and I'm terrified that I'm not gonna have enough money to pay for this dinner. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I'll, like I'll get whatever you want. I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, I think she's going to be a keeper. <laughs> so, But I was like, man, find you a girl that will split the bill every now and again. You and know? I liked doing that. Like, I didn't want – I was never this girl that just – you don't have – you well, always have to open the door for me, and you always have to pay for every no, meal. Like, you didn't – you shouldn't if – you're, if you're a lady, you shouldn't have to do no, that until, until you've been dating somebody for a while. We had been hanging out a while. Yeah. You know, the first five, ten dates, you shouldn't be paying for nothing. Right. But but I'm kind of prideful, and I liked that, you mm-hmm. know, I had money. Oh, you had more money than me. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, one time in college, I had to pull out the piggy bank and count the piggy bank to make yeah. rent. So but see, it wasn't always easy. <laughs> me and Evan talk about this. Girls always have more money at that age because we have to buy all the drinks and everything. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, it's expensive. Yeah. Even though girls drink like, you know, three, and guys drink like ten. <laughs> so it doesn't really, it's our fault. That's what I'm saying. Well, I think the, I think the main theme of, um, and look, not everybody has kids and, or can have or kids. Can, right. And it's, it's a beautiful thing just to be married and with each other. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's a, that's a whole, I mean, we, I mean, we had conversations like, I don't, you know, right. I don't know. Right. I don't know if we should. I kind of like, if we can, or, or if we can. Right. And I think you were, I never really thought about that. You know, as a man, I never really, you know, thought, like, oh, I can have kids if I want, you know, and you were always would remind me like, you know, Staley, you know, not everybody, it's not easy. I know? think that's another thing too. Like, Every year we would kind of talk about it, and in the back of my mind, I had this huge fear, like we're not going to mm-hmm. be able to, and I just didn't know how I would go down that road or how I could handle that, you know, mm-hmm. if that happened. And you can't live in fear, right? I mean, no. you just got to live, and you got to find the joy, and you got to find the happiness yeah. in, in the everyday. So Before, when I would talk to parents, you know, and I would ask them how it is, I would get a common answer, and, and it was usually, they would say, kids are a blessing. Yes. And I never really understood what they were trying to say, but I think that entails a lot when they say that. That entails, it's a blessing getting pregnant, the pregnancy going well, 
having the kid and getting it to a stable yeah, point. There's a lot. There's a lot in there. Is behind that. There is a lot there's in there. There's a lot that you can go wrong. And that's all a blessing. And I think I think that's what people are just trying to say. It's right. like it's not guaranteed. It can right. get, it can go bad. It can not happen at all. Um, everybody has health issues, you know, some people some people it doesn't it doesn't work out for them, but And so a lot kids of that goes blessing. wrong very frequently and that is never talked about. I mean, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just now getting recognition, you know, in our generation. Yeah. And so I think me with having a medical background, you know, I knew a lot more and mm-hmm. maybe ignorance is bliss and you know, I it just kind of put some mm-hmm. a little bit of fear in the back of my mind and Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of recognition for miscarriage and you know what can go wrong and you know that stuff isn't talked about. Yeah. So. Well. But for a woman, I mean, that's you know kind of probably in the back of their minds. Yeah. Yeah, it is a. It is a thing that I think people kind of gloss over, like miscarriages and stuff like or that. Or infertility. I yeah. mean. I think people, it's very, it's not spoken of much. Right. Now, though, maybe. Well, and, and, you know, there's some annoying arguments out there that I pay attention to occasionally with all kinds of stuff now because, you know, everybody likes to talk about everything online. Right. That is something that I do, like, appreciate a little bit is when people bring a little bit more light to to that i appreciate the realness and the rawness of you know people that are willing to expose that yeah i mean not to say that you have to do that because lord i have not put one crying video of sunny on social media and that's the realness of the rawness of what we you know go through every day but you know it's just people being bold enough to Mm -hmm. you know show that side of themselves but anyways (laughs) we um we're blessed yes. and had you got pregnant in 2021 two. 21 21 <clears throat> that's right she was born in 22 mm-hmm. for some reason me going to vegas is like my starting point for mm-hmm. you being because you were i think you were pregnant when i went to visit my I just uh, didn't know it. best friend hunter in vegas yeah you didn't know it so that's the starting point I think I was just laying in bed one afternoon or evening and you came in there with the with the pee stick and showed it to me and I think I just kind of smiled and was like I'm excited because we were not necessarily trying we were just open to having kids and not doing anything to prevent it and you were very I feel like at first I was so gung-ho and you were very reserved about it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think you were just, you know, you didn't want to get your hopes up, and but everything went well, and I think again that was just my medical background. I think it's yeah. one in four women have miscarriages. No, too much. Yeah, just ignorance is probably bliss in that situation, and yeah, until I saw a baby on an ultrasound or you know heard a heartbeat, yeah, I was a little bit worried, you know. Mm-hmm. I think for men. For a long time, you don't really, it's not really real until the baby bump shows up. <laughs> it's just not. Like, and it takes a while like you're sometimes a, for I, the baby bump to show up. But then when it shows up, man, it's, <laughs> that thing's growing on rapid pace. And then you're freaking out. It's like you're just eating fertilizer and it's just, <laughs> it's like a pumpkin. 
but I think that's when that's when I started like when you started you know right. bumping around is because I felt like it was every other day we were going down to the barn or going out into the shop to take a bump picture <laughs> and I, I enjoyed it it was fun I think that's when it become like I think that's when like the protectiveness of being like a father like kicks in mm-hmm. even before because you you see the physical aspect of like what's coming you mm-hmm. know like and it's inside you which you know obviously i'm protective over and, and i'm like ooh, and she's carrying my daughter and she's floating around in there yeah like you made me stop running i don't know if i made you, you stop asked running. me to stop running i just don't feel like <laughs> i mean I don't know. Is there anything that you're, I mean, is there any statistics on that? I don't know. But for me, you say like it started when you could actually like physically see a baby. I mean, for me, it started that day. I'm just like, Like, you don't want to shake nothing up As soon as I like took a pregnancy test and it was positive, I mean, immediately, like I felt sick to my stomach. Like, what have I eaten in the last week? What have I done? Like for two weeks, I just like questioned myself. Like, have I done anything wrong? Have I eaten this? Have I... I actually listened to a podcast with Andrew Huberman and he was talking about um, pregnant women very, very early on when they, when they, you know, don't even really know they're pregnant yet Mm because it's so early. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said it's very common for maybe women to have, like, a couple of drinks or, you know, eat caffeine, you know, coffee, right. all that stuff. And he actually said that um, it's only damaging if, like, that's continued. Like, for like he said, anything that you do very early on can be repaired. Like I don't know. The neurological system is formed pretty, pretty early. Yeah, so. but he said that as long as you're not doing that into, like, six weeks... Like, it's not... But a lot of women don't know they're pregnant at six weeks. I mean, I was probably five or six weeks. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, guys. I'm just repeating what other people talk about. See? This is why you need your sources. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would you... you, Is there anything that you would necessarily do differently the next... Like, if we, you know, decide to have another kid or if we're blessed with another child... And you're going through your pregnancy phase. Is there anything that you would do different? I love being pregnant. Yeah, you it did. Was, it was really, I wasn't sick. I felt great. I worked out every day until I had Sunny. The day I had Sunny, I even worked out. But yeah. walking um, on a curb. <laughs> and I actually did like an actual workout that day. Like yeah. one of my routine workouts. But anyway, I... I'm selfish and I'm kind of private when it comes to like my people and like I'm not I mean I'm not selfish I don't think with you but I wasn't ready I really wasn't at a point where I wanted to tell everybody we were pregnant or not everybody but like our family at 12 weeks and sure do they deserve to know yes but like had could I have kept that longer probably like Mm -hmm. you were very excited and I was excited it was just you know that's our little bubble and you know it's our world and we're the only people that know and that I feel like there is fun in that and there's fun you know in keeping that to yourselves and having that little Mm -hmm. moment and that special time because once everybody knows I mean that's all they talk you know and that's not bad that's a good thing you know that that's all they talk about and you know and people can pray for you you know that know and and things like that but I'm very private 
I guess you could say when it kind of comes to that, and I think that I probably could have kept it in. I mean, the chaos definitely ensues a little bit once you inform everybody. Right. I mean, and that's fine. It's just, I just really love, like, like, my time. Even when Sonny was born, like, I didn't want anybody at the hospital. Like, Mm -hmm. I just wanted Sonny to myself. And, you know, I don't feel like there's any shame in that, but that's me being, like, she's she's ours and I want that time just us and yeah you know when when you tell people you know that you're pregnant you're outside of your bubble now and you know it's not just yours it's you know shared with everybody so I don't know I think that I could probably keep it in longer but yeah there is you know the downside to that it is nice to have people praying over you and, and and your baby and and things like that too so yeah so that fast fast forwards us to the the hospital experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did you, how did you feel about the whole, so we went in, everybody, we went in on March. 9th. The 9th. I think, no, 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 no. no, no. Babe, <laughs> she was born, <laughs> what's her birthday, the 22nd? We went on the 11th. The 11th. <laughs> I don't know when my kid's birthday is. I don't have to say it, when, when I have to like go to the doctor with her or pick something up, they're like, um, what's her birthday? I'll be like, oh. oh. Every time I think I have it wrong. It's not yeah. just you. It's me, too. I'm like, is that really I'm about to get it? tattooed somewhere <laughs> on me. It's so embarrassing. I'm like, oh. So her due date was March 8th, which I really love those numbers, 3-8. Yeah. And then we went in on March 11th. I like no, that. No, take that back. We went on on March 10th, right before midnight, yeah. and started an induction because my doctor was kind of pushy. So when we went in... It was like 65 degrees, and then when Sonny was born, it was, there was like three inches of snow on the ground, Mm -hmm. so that's Tennessee for you, but pretty much we got there, and you know, they, they do whatever they're going to do to try to help you get the labor process going, and Mm -hmm. pretty much couldn't, couldn't uh, do a vaginal birth, and had to do a Mm -hmm. C-section, because she got a big old noggin. Yeah, Sonny's head's too big. <laughs> so, her head's up in the ninth. I tried ninth. really, really hard. Yeah, you did. You tried hard. <laughs> I was proud of you, but I guess we felt like for the safety of her yeah. that uh, we just needed to do a C-section. and So we did the whole C-section, and, you know, I felt like when we were at the hospital, I had a certain sense of security while we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess it feels safe just being in a hospital with a newborn baby and a mother that just got, you know, cut in half. But after, like, the second day when... Because, well, I don't, I don't want to gloss over the... So, you know, I was in the operating room when, you know, she came out and, you know, I got to immediately walk over there with her and leave you laying there which I didn't care for and you know look at her and all that and they were cleaning her up and she was screaming crying and and the thing that surprised me about that whole situation is I, I didn't get emotional I never cried um, at the hospital or anything like that the whole time that I was over there like looking at Sunny for the first time I just kept looking back over there at you. And I felt like it was like I knew Sonny was okay. 
and she looked great. She looked strong. She was freaking huge. Even the doctor was like, she's huge. And when the doctor came and visited us the next day, she was like, oh, my gosh, she was so big. <laughs> she was like, did she just not seem like she was huge to you? I was like, yeah, she was massive. But I, for some reason, like, I was just, like, still, I was worried about you. Mm-hmm. And then I had to leave you and go into the nursery with her. Well, we had this clear expectation. Like, I laid it out before we ever even went back there that you were to be with Sunny. Like, I wanted you with Sunny. Yeah. And, like, we didn't know how stable she would be. Like, I was under the impression that Sunny was going to come out. I mean, her heart rate kept tanking, mm-hmm. you know, multiple, multiple, multiple times. We had, like, extra monitoring for Sunny, like, I was under the impression she was potentially going to the NICU. Like, things were not going to go well. Yeah. And so, I just gave you the instruction. Like, I want you with Sunny. Mm-hmm. And so, you followed. Yeah. Suit. But I was worried about you the whole time. Yeah. That's what that's what my focus well, was. Don't worry, babe. They knocked me out, and I don't remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> after, really? after y'all left, I don't remember anything. <laughs> it was special, though. She, she laid in that little heat lamp and just screamed and held cried. Your hand. And, yeah, she, she held, held my hand. Finger. Held my finger for a long time, and I was just rubbing her chest, and it was, it was a cool moment. And things went really well. She came out. She had Apgar scores eight and nine. She was strong. Yeah. Super healthy. Never had to go to the NICU. Yeah. Extremely, like she proved her strength from day one. I mean, Mm -hmm. I should have known. I mean, she came out just sucking on everything. Yeah, she's our kid. (laughs) She was looking for a nipple immediately. Oh. But, um, obviously you were in a rough situation for a little bit, but once everything kind of got settled down with that, you know, we had some good days at the hospital, but like I was saying, I remember that feeling of like security and safety, like inside the hospital after a couple of days, I was like, I'm so ready to get mm-hmm. out of here. Yeah. Cause I was like, obviously Sonny is healthy. You were doing good, you know, for what had happened and. We got to a point where, you know, the last day I was so ready to go. And we finally got to go home. And the drive home, I have never, you could have just set a glass of water on the floor. And you could have put a, a mason jar open full of water in the bed of my truck. And I probably wouldn't have spilled it on the way home. I was terrified driving. I felt like I was back taking my learner's permit test again. Like, mm. I just could not drive safe enough. Yeah. And, uh, she was awake the whole way home. So, yeah, she was awake just staring. Mm-hmm. And so all the all the dads out there, soon-to-be dads, get prepare yourself for that. Because I never even thought about it. Prepare yourself for that first drive home. So, But got home and had about three or four days off and hung out with you and hung out with her and I just remember how much fun it was. I told you, I said, this has been more fun than any vacation or mm-hmm. any trip we've ever been on. So I just cooked every day and cleaned. You cooked so much. You made so much good food. I had oh like a, goodness. I had like a routine. You I'd made birdhouses. I made birdhouses. We houses. still have a birdhouse on our front porch that a bird lives in or multiple birds in their families. Yeah. And it's so fun to watch them. Yeah, so. I, I absolutely You took Sunny on walks. You had put her yeah. in the carrier on yourself. And yeah, I had a blast. Took her everywhere. People would, you know, we had visitors, family and friends coming in. That was super fun. And mm-hmm. it was a, 
it was a good time. But is there anything that you want to say about the hospital experience that you no. would want done differently next time? Or I didn't really, I didn't really like being at the hospital. Yeah, if I could have been at home. I would have been at home. Yeah. <laughs> well, I felt like most. People, I don't like people taking care of me. I don't know. I yeah. just, it just felt. Yeah. not natural it's not natural so yeah well not my favorite experience yeah people are up in your business a lot yeah. that's for sure mm-hmm. so but get, i had wonderful nurses i cannot yeah. talk highly enough i mean my postpartum nurse sweetest nurses my postpartum nurses oh my goodness mm-hmm. i mean coming and making me get up in the middle of the night and helping me walk and i mean yeah fabulous nurses when you while you were pregnant and um, leading up to having her, you were pretty clear on that you wanted to breastfeed, mm-hmm. and that you were. You know, I think I think when you go into things, you really need to make your mind up, and you seemed bound and determined that you wanted to breastfeed for one year. Mm-hmm. That was going to be, you know, your goal, per se, and. And you did that. I think you went longer than a year. Because mm-hmm. at a year, I was like, cut it off. <laughs> like, let's let's do something else. Give her some 2% or whole milk. Who cares? Um, so, you know, you had a you had a good... I feel like you had a good breastfeeding journey with her. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you did it. And I think it was really helpful for her. I think it helped her through a couple of times where we all got really sick. And we all had COVID and... You know, I feel like she she had some pretty serious, um, you know, hiccups of being sick three she or four times. She was sick a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, Unfortunately. Uh, but she always rebounded fast. She did. She, she rebounded faster than us. <laughs> she blew through COVID way better than we did. Oh, yeah. I think she had one bad day. Like 24 hours. Me and you were on freaking desk Ugh, doornail. Weeks. Yeah, it was terrible. So. Yeah. So do you like what do you think the biggest benefit for you and her was with breastfeeding? I mean, breastfeeding is number one extremely rewarding. You develop a huge bond. I mean, yeah. Sunny and I goodness, during breastfeeding and even now, you know, it's just so bonding. Um, but with that also comes challenges, right? I mean, she latched really well breastfeeding you know for her most of the time went really well around two or three months we found out she had a posterior tongue tie i think it was and Mm -hmm. you know she was eating really well and you know nursing really well and we just didn't feel like it needed to be corrected it bothered me but Mm -hmm. um it wasn't affecting her weight gain or you know anything like that so um, I think you need a good support system, you know, with that. I mean, you were always very supportive of that, and you, you know, never asked me to stop or, you know, suggested that I stop. You know, I'm a very determined person, right? Like, I yeah. made it through nursing school, and, you know, to to go through some of the things I've had to go through, you have to be extremely strong-willed and determined, and breastfeeding is one of those things. Like, to me, there was no option, no other option, like, she will be breastfed you know a lot of pediatricians don't allow whole milk until one year so we -hmm. needed to make it to one year there is nothing wrong with formula or if you go that route or whatever it was just my desire 
And even Sunny. Sunny wanted to breastfeed. I mean, that was yeah. very obvious. You know, she's yeah. just that baby. But yeah. I had a really good... Um, Great for the boys, too. <laughs> yeah, it gets you out of a lot. You're oh, not yeah. waking up in the middle of the <laughs> night. I mean... It gets me... So It gave yeah, me so much downtime. So much extra time. Because I'd be like, hey, what time? Are, yeah, about time for a feed, isn't it? And you just disappear <laughs> to the bedroom for 45 minutes, and you're just like, oh. Yeah. I had to do that because Sunny was so distracted. So, like, if Staley was around, she wouldn't, yeah. like, pay attention. But um, sometimes it sounded like World War Three back there yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> and then, you know, 30 minutes would go by. And then I hear, like, just extreme giggling and laughing back there. It's not easy, like, okay? What? It's not somebody, always easy. I'd be like, dang, somebody having fun back there? And I'd just, like, bust through the door. Like, who's having fun back here without me? Yeah. And you'd be back there tickling her. And, she, and you every time it'd be like, she was being bad at first, but she ended up uh, <laughs> eating good. I'd be like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I knew that was going to happen eventually. Yeah. It was Sometimes it was like a time thing. Yeah. So with breastfed babies, you're not on a schedule, right? Like, yeah. you don't have on the dot every three hours they're not always going to nurse you know you have to go off of their cues and you have to watch them and like see what they're doing and Mm -hmm. you know things like that you kind of have to read them when they can't say hey i'm hungry you have to look at them and tell like hey you want to and so sometimes you go back there and or go wherever and they don't want to breastfeed so you read them wrong you know but um I think a support system is is huge i have a really 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 good friend she's also my coworker that nursed both of her children and you know I don't really have a lot of friends that have kids or you know young kids that are you know Sonny's age or Mm -hmm. you know I'm not walking through life with a bunch of friends that have children and and that's fine and that's great and you know I leaned really really heavily on on my good friend and I still do I mean she's such a treasure but um you know she walked me through that and and any question I had she would answer it or if well, I needed advice, she would give it. So I just want to say from a guy's perspective, so you can, ladies out there, you can take that for what it is. It's a man's perspective on breastfeeding. So hands up, don't shoot here. But, you know, I see a lot of stuff out there. I think, I think sometimes moms are more outspoken, maybe when breastfeeding didn't go well for them. And I'm not going to get in all that and everybody has a a valid reason for why it worked or didn't work and um, no one should feel uh, bad about themselves or anything like that for however it went but I just I just know how it went for uh, you and me and my family and you know I just want to say it seemed very difficult to me I mean you're making it sound great and it was great for Sonny mm. and you and it was a great bonding but mm. you know we're busy we took Sonny camping at what a month old mm-hmm. or something like that I mean like and I sacrificed a lot of my time like I left the room in so many situations yeah. socializing and, with people right. you have to go into a better on the boat how many times and I not, mean and, yeah and you're trying I don't I didn't want to feed in public you know so me and you would even have to leave certain situations mm-hmm. sometimes just to get me away or I, mean, I can't tell you how many times we just and when you're in the not truck. yeah when you're not breastfeeding you're pumping yeah. so if you don't have your baby you're still doing yeah. it it's every two three four hours however wherever mm-hmm. stage you're at I mean you're always giving yourself yeah. and so that's why I have the utmost respect for people you know that choose to do it and if you can't that's great that's fine you know yeah. it's just my journey 
I have the utmost respect for people that do yeah. try to I do just, it. I'm just, I guess I'm trying to say, I think some people kind of downplay it sometimes, right. and that makes me mad. But and um, a fed baby is the most important thing. And it is, but you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to say that. I just knew all sides deserve credit. Yeah. And I think definitely breastfeeding um, for an extended period of time. And I have some st- statistics oh, here. <laughs> so this is nationwide. And um, let me see here. Did I? Okay, this, is, this came from the Cleveland Clinic. Mm-hmm. So trying to cite me. Percentage of infants who are breastfed ever, like at all. Okay. Like, so when they're born, if they ever get a sip of breast milk from mm-hmm. their mother, that's 83% of all babies born. That's great. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, percentage of infants who are breastfed up until six months is 58%. Mm-hmm. Percentage of infants who are breastfed to one year, 37%. Mm-hmm. So you're in the 37% club. And it says percentage of infants who are breastfed exclusively Mm -hmm. through three months. So is that saying, like, that's it? That's all they eat, just breast milk? No, exclusively is, like, you're not giving them bottles. Like, you know, like, I I would say I exclusively breastfed. I mean, we only gave Sunny a bottle just to introduce it. And then if somebody just wanted to give her one, I would pump. Well, that's 45%. But... There's some babies, Staley, that do not take bottles. And so yeah. these moms are just always breastfeeding. Oh, man. And they can't, you know, they don't leave their baby because babies refuse bottles. So percentage of infants who are breastfed exclusively through mm-hmm. six months. What do you think that is? Well, that's, of course, going to drop. Moms go back to work. Yeah, 25%. Unfortunately, we have to go back to work. Oh, I think women should get like a year. Yeah, I wanted at least six. Six yeah. months would have been really nice, but... Um, it says percentage of breastfed newborns who receive formula supplementation within the first two days of life is 20%. Mm-hmm. So, hey, there's some uh, breastfeeding statistics for you ladies. and Breastfeeding. Breastfeeding. <laughs> Just fight them. Just fight I will em. say with that... Um, I think it's just really important just to lean on people if you have that, you know, to lean on, ask questions, you know, don't, there are so many factors that can affect your supply. I mean, stress, going back to work, pumping, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're eating, what you're drinking, if you're not drinking enough water. I mean, there's so many, many, many factors. Oh, I was reading on the Cleveland Clinic that one of the reasons that a lot of women stop breastfeeding after three months is because their work environment does not, yeah, Mm -hmm. support enough, um, time in the work day to do that Mm -hmm. and you saw me I hated pumping more than I hated or I didn't hate breastfeeding but I despised pumping and you worked from home yeah can you imagine me being on the floor I wouldn't have worked yeah it wouldn't I mean I would have tried everything that I could have but would be insanely hard I don't think my supply would have maintained but yeah I mean but there's resources out there. Tennessee yeah. has a breastfeeding hotline. It's free. You can call, talk to a lactation consultant over the phone. Yeah. A lot of my coworkers have, or, you know, people I've talked to, not necessarily coworkers, but they've had lactation come yeah. into their home, you know, and help them in their well, home. So, like, before, you know, throwing in the towel or, you know, 
I mean, whatever. I mean, you can always try to like figure it out. Maybe. I mean, you got to think being a mother in today's in the last thirty years is nuanced because traditionally women uh, didn't hold careers. You know, they were more stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout history, you know, men have just worked more, and women have stayed home with children. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom and that's what you do that environment would be a lot easier to like breastfeed and do stuff like that. But now, you know, in today's time, a lot of times men and women both have careers like me and you do. And that's hard to keep doing that mm-hmm. when you go back to work. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah. That's, that's a tough deal right there. I remember telling you, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know how hard, I mean, having a baby alone, take away breastfeeding is hard enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> And so when you add, you know, breastfeeding is has its own challenge, of course, as well. But like, I can remember telling you, like, your mama breastfed you. You need to like text her and tell yeah. you, tell her like, thank you so much. Like, you don't yeah. even know the amount of work that woman put in for you. Like, and here you are at thirty something years old, and you've never thought about that. And now you see your wife go through it. Or like, I remember telling one of your friends, like if your mama breastfed you, like, you need to go give her a hug, like, right now, like, it is so much sacrifice, and, like, and it's worth it, I mean, Mm -hmm. the moments that Sonny and I've had, you know, I will never take that back, and hopefully, you know, Sonny will grow up one day and have a baby and choose to do that herself, maybe, if she desires to do that, but, and she'll know, you know, everything I did for her, but. Yeah, well, um, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and it uh, makes, as a man witnessing you you going through that, it made me a better person and it made me, um, it's always good to witness something. It's good to witness someone else doing something that you know is very difficult to do when there's nothing that you can really do to help them. So I just had to witness that whole journey. Yeah. And it's inspiring. You, you know? appreciate hard work. I do. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very important. That's who you are. Um, I, I just, I don't know. It's just like one of my big respect things. Like yeah. people that don't work hard, I just don't really have much use for you. But, you know, I, most everybody around me works hard and um, it inspires me to work hard and do more. And so I love it. But, hey, I have a few more statistics oh my before we move on. Vermont is coming in at number one for the highest breastfeeding percentage at six months, 73% of women in Vermont breastfeed up to six months. That's now, great. what would you, what state would you guess is the worst? Don't tell me Tennessee. No. <laughs> uh, California. No, it's actually the, the lowest three are West Virginia, Mississippi, and Alabama. Huh. Southern states. I mean, West Virginia is very poor, mm-hmm. poor state. Mississippi and Alabama is just super redneck, but they're down at, they're 30% in six months. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big difference in Vermont. I just want to say too, with all that being said, like breastfeeding, that's not your only choice. Obviously most women or some women choose to exclusively pump, you know, and still give their babies breast milk. Yeah. Um, Some women have to do formula. Their milk supply doesn't come in or baby won't latch or whatever, like, you know, like that, but there's also like a mental health like factor that kind of 
is in there too and like postpartum you're going through a lot of emotions right and like trying Mm -hmm. to figure out who you are you know now as a new mom and like things like that too and so I don't think it's I don't I don't know what the right words are to say, but, like, if it's not good for your mental health, like, it's not good for your baby. I meant so, to ask you earlier, not to cut you off, but I meant to ask you earlier if you ever felt, like, the postpartum depression thing, like, if that ever, like, effect, like if that was, like, a big thing for you or if you didn't struggle that much with it. No, I think with Sunny, I mean, we had Sunny in March, and it was, like, yeah. pretty outside. Like, it was sunny. Like, that week that we brought her home, like, I walked outside with her. Like, it was warm enough, you know, for her to be outside. And I think that played a large role into me not having any issues. Now, do you have emotions? Sure. Like, are yeah. you crying because you're so happy? You know, I thought sure. you did well. Are you, you know, crying sometimes because you don't understand or you don't know how to help her? You know, those are just mom emotions, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's you trying to care for your baby and, you know, wanting to do everything you can for your baby. But, I mean, did I feel depressed? No. Did I feel anxious? I definitely don't think I felt anxious. I mean, I never really, like, obsessively worried about her or anything. I always had this, like, I prayed so hard not for us to have a baby, but, like, for God's will to be done in our life and if it was God's will that we would have a baby and so I just have always felt this like reassuring like I don't know wave come over me like from God that just Sonny was protected Mm -hmm. like even in the delivery like I cried a lot in the delivery room but that was because I felt like I failed and I had to go for a c-section not because you know I I was worried about Sonny but I wasn't like obsessively worried about Sonny like I knew you know I had hope that she would be okay, and I think that, you know, that hope is like, carried me through, but, no, I don't feel like I ever, you know, was just depressed or anxious I didn't all notice the time. anything. Was crazy. I emotional? Sure. Is every mom emotional? Sure. Like, oh. you don't want to see your baby sick or hurt, so, yeah, you might cry or be yeah. upset, but, you know, it's not all a walk in the park, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's awesome. It's been fun. Yeah. It's, uh... But, yeah, when I was getting to with the breastfeeding and the mental health, there were many times I told you should, or I asked you, should I stop? Or yeah. Because it, I was becoming – I was becoming obsessive over that. Like, is my supply going to drop? Will I have enough for her? Like, I was getting to the point, like, um, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to make it to a year. And I think that that was kind of freaking me out maybe. And, there was, there was a yeah. couple times I was like, you know, you're going to throw the <laughs> towel in. I'm cool with it. <laughs> And even even my really good, really good friend that I leaned on, I would be like, I think I might need to stop. And she was like, you've made it so far. Like, she was always so encouraging and reassuring. Like, you have this. Like, you are worrying about things you don't need to worry about, you know, and that's only going to affect your supply more. So just having, you know, good support, (laughs) I think. Evan, uh, Evan's always said, it's like, man, when they start, like, (laughs) pulling the brawl down to take a sip. When they start treating it like a public water yeah. fountain, you got to cut it yeah. off. And she has done that a lot. Yeah. But we're not breastfeeding anymore. Nope. We've she's moved on. She moved on on her own. Yeah. She's, it was on Sunny's, Sunny's yeah. time. So. Well, last little thing I want to run through with the breastfeeding thing. I'm going to blaze through some benefits for the mother. And that you are less likely to get breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uh, another cancer I can't pronounce, thyroid cancer, osteoporosis, uh, type 2 diabetes, cardi- cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol. That's great. You are less likely to have any of those things. 
That's if great. you are a breastfeeding mother. So that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you did it. I think I think we could probably talk more about your journey and definitely more about having kids and all that. And Sonny's been awesome. We went on the lake today and had fun with her and she's been so much fun. We've done so much with her. We've taken her to the beach. We've taken her to the lake. We've done a lot with her. So mm-hmm. she is our she's our little our little mini me. She's always with us. And That's a big piece of advice that we took from our really good friends was what what did they say? What are the, their exact words? Um, uh yeah, Philip and Brittany they said Don't adjust your life for her. Uh, yeah, basically they said, you know, um she needs to adjust to your life. Right. You don't need to adjust to hers. Yeah. So, so. we take her everywhere. I mean, and she now, within reason, I mean, I don't like to keep her out, you know, at 9 o'clock because I yeah. feel bad I'm taking away from no, her No, I don't think we sleep, do that, but, but we're yeah. very active. We do stuff on the weekends. Right. We do, you know, I think we make it a point, um, you know, she goes to daycare. So after daycare, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, it, it makes me so happy. I'll be out in the yard working or something, and then all of a sudden, like, you walk out <laughs> and you and Sonny are in bathing suits, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. I mean, that kid the is always... The girls are fixing to get down in the little kiddie pool yeah. this afternoon. You know She's what I'm saying? always outside. Yeah, and then, you know, she, like, lives for looking at the chickens and the dogs mm-hmm. and just running around outside, putting everything in her mouth. And it's... Uh, I think she has... I think she has a lot of fun every single day. And mm-hmm. I think we have fun, you know, living life with her. So it hadn't been... It hadn't been hard. It's been fun. So there have been hard. Don't sugarcoat it. There's been hard times, but I think it's fun. It is a lot of fun. I didn't think being a parent would be so much fun. It is. So, but for a mom, there comes a lot of, you know, you just worry about them and. Yeah. I don't want to talk too long. I, I want to have you back on eventually for a for a Mother's Day edition. And oh gosh, <laughs> some stuff like that, and you know we might do some podcasts on our some of our trip recaps and stuff like that. But is there anything else you wanted to um, talk about? No, I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks for coming on the Hitters Only podcast. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, like I said, this is the Hitters Only podcast. You can find me on Instagram at uh, hitters.only. I'm on Facebook at Hitters Only. And um, my email, if you have any questions or whatever want to be on the podcast, is uh, staley at hittersonlypodcast.com. And um, other than that, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will talk to you all later. <laughs>